On this podcast, two young travelers, Alex Dethrow and Jesse Lanier, will be going on a journey to find the greatest cinematic treasures. Each week, they spin the wheel of fate and allow destiny to decide whether the next few hours will be filled with genius and wonder or boredom and mediocrity. Our heroes hope to unbury hidden gems and share their discoveries with the world through humble conversations and maybe, if they're lucky, better themselves along the way. So welcome, one and all, to The Movie Quest! Welcome back. This is a gonna be a uh, kind of a new thing. Well, I don't know. Uh, I think we usually don't talk about new releases. We usually okay. don't. Uh, this is episode like seven or eight of the podcast, and we, you know, made a thing when we started the podcast. And this is just gonna be about hidden gems. Gonna be about you know our watch lists and what we you know. We're not going to really focus too much on newer releases that are coming out in the present time of 2023. Um, But I think there are certain instances and times where a movie that's just like highly anticipated that we both really want to see or really love, in this case, like really fucking love, and that we want to talk about it, Mm -hmm. uh, then I think we'll do it, you know? We're also experimenting with, you know, uh, it's flexible here. Yeah, flexible. flexible. And we're also square because we might do like a long, an end of a month thing where we talk about new releases, you know, that we saw like in that month, you know? Because like, I still go see new releases all the time, you know? Um, For sure. I'm still into it. Uh, it's not like I'm like, no, new movies are bullshit. No, no, no. I just, I, uh, I don't know. We just want to stand out amongst other podcasts and not talk about new releases all the time yeah the big but thing this is, is just a, this is a special one <laughs> a special yes case. yeah yeah because we we like talking about movies that are we're passionate about because of the movie experience rather than just like because we're not as passionate about just like doing a review well that's what everybody else does right I mean, that's that's like clearly not how many and, podcasts and are we're out there different we're not yeah, we like the rest be, we want to be like <laughs> we want to be different um i mean we don't want to be like like i mean there are so many there there are so many better podcasts that you can go listen to that review new things. You know? They're mm-hmm. like and I think that we want to carve a new that's like not what you know, what everybody else is doing. It's a different type of podcast. Not just kind of about the Super Mario Brothers movie <laughs> or Eagle Gun Rise, you know. Which both I enjoyed, but you know, like follow me on Letterboxd if you wanna go by <laughs> my, <laughs> my uh nice takes on new movies but uh today we want to we really just want to get on the podcast and discuss this movie because i think that i don't i'm not really too keen on like what the rest of the year is going to shape up in terms of like what movies are coming out you know um mm-hmm. but i hesitate or i i i'm going to be shocked if a more polarizing Weirder, uh, ambitious movie 
is gonna come out in 2023. You know, I don't know. I don't, this will be a crazy year if something out does. Bo's afraid. Yeah, for sure. The most polarizing or weirdest movie of 2023, right? Um, and so uh, th that's what we kind of want to discuss because. Uh, we're kind of got Bo's Afraid. I don't know if I even mentioned that. Big dummy. Uh, Bo's Afraid. Uh, by auteur director auteur, Ari Aster. Yeah, right. Sure. Um, do you like throwing that word around? Auteur? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> I like... I like it because I uh, I like making the distinction. It's kind of a pretentious like vocabulary well, yeah, word. Yeah, he's a, a writer director. You know, so yeah, but, has a lot of control over the movies that they make. You know? Exactly, that's yeah. the big thing. Where it's like it's like a vision of like that can be centered around one person, usually a director right. or, or writer director along those that's lines. True. And Ari Aster is just one of those persons, sure. and he's like he's like a like a modern person, which is why he's especially exactly, cool, why, right, why right. we were especially interested in Bo's right. Afraid. Absolutely, yeah. And if you guys don't know who Ari Aster is, he uh, directed um, two of the most like, iconic horror movies, art house horror movies in the 2010s, Hereditary and Lid Salar. Is it Lid Salar or Lid Salar? This is I a good question. I hear both things. It's spelled L-I-D-S-O-M-M-A-R. Yeah, Midsommar. I, I think it might be Midsommar. It's I've definitely always said, that. I've always said Midsummer, which I don't think is right. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's Midsommar. It sounds, yeah, yeah I think it's Midsommar. <laughs> so, yeah, those were two huge hits for A24. Uh, mm -hmm. Big hits. Hereditary, um, I would just to say, you know, just to say, that is, I think, already kind of deemed a classic movie. Um, I think you're right. I don't think it's think a that's whole, fair. modern uh, horror classic. Um, I think we're farther away from that film and the influence of that movie's had on just a short span of years that it's been in the world has had a major, major impact, especially in the world of horror. Um, and Midsommar was definitely, as I love Midsommar, and I know you love Midsommar too. I did, yeah. Amazing, really amazing film. That one was definitely more polarizing for audiences. Uh, it wasn't as universally loved as Hereditary, but still big cult following that Solar has, and people love that film too. And it and it was also even though it didn't have you're right like the the same kind of cultural significance right. as Hereditary, it really solidified for me that Ari Aster was like a guy who had Absolutely. a lot to say yeah. because Midsummer right. is such a fucking fantastically crafted movie right. that and it very, wasn't just very unique. Too, yeah, right? uh, yeah, absolutely. So yeah. It, it didn't feel like Hereditary was just kind of like, okay, this is just no, one no, dude. No, no, this no, was no, his no. contribution, and he's out. Right. We'll probably never hear from him again. And, no, yeah. so yeah, it was kind of and like, you know, I, I think Ari Aster might be A24's golden child because mm -hmm. uh, both those films are very financially successful. Mm -hmm. um, and so, <laughs> because of the success of both Hereditary and Midsommar, uh, they, Ari, you know, I, I, I would assume that Ari's going to keep making movies with A24 unless he is like an Edgar, for example, and wants to go make like a big, big fucking movie. Maybe right. he'll, he'll go to Focus or, or something like Edgar's did, you know? Um, but 
it seems like that they're just going to continue to to support Ari's work and continue to uh, you know support him in making these movies. No complaints about that. Therefore, this movie. Uh, is a I mentioned this because it's a historical it's a landmark in twenty fours uh history because this is the most expensive movie that A twenty four has ever been uh a part of producing. Granted, mm-hmm. it's not a huge movie, it's a thirty five million dollar movie, but the previous record was everything everywhere all at once, and that was a twenty five million dollar movie. Um yeah. Which is very significant, right? It's just showing how much bigger A24 is getting, how much more kind of ambitious that they're getting. Because um, this movie is three hours. It's a surreal, nightmare comedy. <laughs> and it costs $35 million to make. And it is one of the most unabashedly, like, like, out there visions like I've seen in a movie theater. Like Yeah, totally totally you know? uncompromised too. Unco- you know, yeah, even... exa- that's what I mean. Unhinged, uncompromised, like did not even see like he's like, this is the fucking movie that he wanted to make. Like yeah, through and throughout. Which is so awesome to see and like something that is totally simply celebrated. Whatever you think of this movie, this movie's uh showed to be very polarizing and very delicious among fans and critics, you know? Um, and, but at the same time, like, it's so admirable that this is even, it's, it, it even exists because it's yeah. so strange. And, and I mean, there, you know? and, and even, even um, though I always admire uh, and really support giving artistic freedom, like full creative liberty in the yeah. in the making of your vision. Of course, yeah. There is times in history where that has led to bad products. You know, 1, the outcome is yeah. not very good. Right. So this is this is this is a risk taking. This right. is a risk taking maneuver and, <laughs> in, a, know, in a lot of ways. Absolutely, it's a total. This movie before I love this movie. You love this movie. We've talked about it a lot before already, but we've got our feet I, wet. I love talking about this movie. This is the kind of thing that I, I, I think as time is, I saw it like a week ago, and like it's just sit better with me. As time goes on, the more and more that I like this movie, the more like I think it's a really, really, really special film. But, you know, like you were saying, like, there are people that do legitimately believe, like, this is, you know, there's a, there's a viral thing that happened, uh, an audio, that uh, at the premiere of this movie, when the movie ended, somebody was recording, I don't know how they got the audio, but I guess, but this guy stood up and hated the movie, the audience ever hated it. Yeah. And was saying things like, this is a career killer, you know, like, this is, like, oh, I think whoa. Ari just <laughs> killed his career with this movie, and I think that that's a fucking stretch, like, I don't think, like, if you think that this is, like, a Southland Tales, for example, like, the Richard Kelly, who made, um, Donnie Darko, who came back and made this, like, truly abysmal three-hour horseshit movie, in my opinion, there's plans yeah. for that movie, I think that that movie's fucking complete horseshit. But uh, I think that, that it's being compared to that, um, and you know, like you were saying, there's some of these other big fucking big right. ass fucking Babylon 
we still got recently uh, another big three-hour swing of the movie, you know? Which these boys are a fan of. We like that movie. Love Babylon. <laughs> Love Babylon's amazing. <laughs> so I tend to like, uh, I mean, whatever. We'll, 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 we'll get into it. It's very delicious. And, um, but at the same time, if you're into these movies, you're into, you want to see something weird, you're into Ari Asher's work, go see this movie. Like, you might hate it, you might hate it, but it is a <laughs> it is a trip that is worth taking because yeah. you've never seen something like this before. Uh, there are, and we'll get into it. There's obviously there's movies that are referencing this movie. There's there's a uh, things that I could you know uh, pull from that reliably blows your friend. But yeah, helpful the, comparisons, yeah. but none are exactly. It's still so unique. At the end of the day, there is really nothing like this movie, and so um, for that thing alone. You gotta see it. You got to see it. You know, yeah, yeah. just because it's just you should just take that risk. Like you might fucking hate this movie. You might walk out and be like that was the biggest waste of my fucking time. You know, and like I could totally see someone having that. You know, this is a very uh, polarizing <laughs> movie. You know, very interesting movie. But I just, I, uh, I had, I just had a funny it. thought. Of, <laughs> I had a funny thought about that because it's like in a in a way, it's kind of like going to see Avatar, where it's like, well, it might not sure. be good, but just go in for the visual spectacle of it. Yeah, know? I mean, like there's part of it too. It's like, yeah, kind of. It's, it's, it's like you, there's things in this movie where you're like you'll never see this ever in a movie. So yeah. uh, just go check just, it out. Yeah, it's for cool. that, like I mean, like it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, I thought that this movie was fucking brilliant, and, um, I, like I said, over time, I think, when I see this again, I, I don't know, I think this might become my favorite Ari Aster movie right now, yeah. I think I prefer maybe the tightness of Hereditary, you know, like, the tightness of that plot, the tightness of, and the well, you know, just the well-crafted, you know, perfect story that that movie is. Yeah. This movie, purposely, is very uh broad right very like uh you know it ebbs and flows you know and, and, and the, which i think is really genius about this movie and really really exciting and really cool but mm-hmm. um i think i don't know i've only seen this movie once but yeah I know you loved this movie you thought it was I, incredible i, I did i i yeah. absolutely adored it and i think it was it's yeah. weird because why I like Ari Aster so much is because each of his movies really feel like their own world. Oh, this is that, completely different. Than, yeah, than and where, you know, Hereditary and Midsummer definitely share a genre. For but, sure, yeah. Um, for, for me, I, I in a way, I would say that this is, like, my favorite of his movies. But, like, I can't get Hereditary, the same thing I get from Hereditary in Bo is Afraid. Right, right, right. But right. I think that the feeling I got with Bo... Is just that I was so absorbed in that experience, and yeah. I loved everything that happened in it. That as soon as it was done, it was like, "Oh, this is going to be a movie that is just going to be the dopest thing to rewatch over." Yes. And, yeah, and over I could again. totally see that. This is like, yeah, and I love it when so I feel that much, way. There is so much in this movie. Like, it is really a huge movie. You know, there's so much going on, and and and, you know, and, and, and as and as difficult and challenging as a movie as it is on on for the reasons that we yeah. will get into for me it's such an easy film to watch yeah. i just ha- it was so easy for me to get into it and just yeah. go on this romp like i was just with it the whole way that's I had funny no resistance. because you know that's funny because like i definitely like 
granted, like, I did, I kind of saw this movie before you, so maybe that's because, like, I kind of prepped you a little bit of, like, what this movie, because my experience watching this in the theater was one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had in a movie mm-hmm. theater, because the, the audience that I saw it in was not into the movie, and you could totally tell, and I think, we'll get into this, this movie's a dark comedy. This is a, a surreal dark comedy. And I found this movie so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. But the theater that I was in did not. Yeah. So I felt fucking crazy. An alien on Mars. Literally. Yeah. Like, during the, towards the end of this movie, like, what something's happened, not a poop out of the theater. Yeah. And I was like, do you guys see what is on like do you not understand the humor of this like at yeah. all and sure like i think that that might be like a policy expectation you know because already you know both hereditary and Midsommar, not what you would call rocks right fun rocks those yeah. are pretty intense movies i do think Midsommar is actually kind of funny on rewatches like it is pretty funny like just like what that movie turns into like kind of like what it becomes very darkly funny also you know but this movie's going for comedy right it's going for jokes but in a in a such a clever and smart and like amazing way you know Mm -hmm. and like the audience i was with was just not getting it at all and i was like i felt like i was like Wait, I like I I was having like an identity crisis in the theater. I was like, <laughs> I was like, wait, yeah. am I crazy? Like, I think that this is like fucking wild and awesome and hilarious, but like, no one else was laughing. And that's what I knew when I walked in. I was like, okay, this is gonna be a. I saw a guy wearing a Bose Frank shirt right now that they did, you know, at the test screening or whatever. Yeah, the screening. And I saw a guy throw away the T-shirt like Oh out. damn! Oh yeah! Um, so like I. After that, I saw that, I'm like, wow, this is going to be very interesting. Um, I, and I but, think, I, I th- so on the, on just some general observations about Bo's Afraid is immediately that for, for me, I, I definitely, I, I definitely had like a really good, I was just like really in the vibe with it to uh-huh. really be into this movie. But the, the reasons for the controversy is totally understandable for one. Oh, yeah like the the subject matter of of what's going there just being extreme and controversial that's actually i think one of not so much the reason why it's as controversial as it is i think that is a reason but it's not the biggest reason yeah another reason is that there's sort of just like the absurdist quality of it and there's sort of like this adjustment with like monty python where the humor of it's like you almost don't laugh at monty python the first time but then the second and third and fourth time you're dying yeah right um so i think a movie is kind of like that but i think the biggest thing why this is frustrating is because it's kind of one of those movies that you go on this big journey and it feels like you have it has no point for me, right, 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 I, I right. thought it was very meaningful and had a no, very I direct it message. Was, I, me too. Yeah, it's and it was and it was it was an ambiguous message. It's not like a totally. direct, concrete right. moral. <laughs> but like this is well, the kind of movie yeah. that would I totally understand. You get to the end and it's really frustrating because totally. it's like, why the fuck did but I this watch movie's that? Also, three hours long. So that's it was yeah, very long. So you know? it, it it runs the risk of people feeling like that was a total totally. waste of my time. Right, it's like, right. Yeah, and, uh, and I could argue with you. 
you know? That's... I'm like, yeah, okay, let's head That's over what... But, you know, I, and we'll get into it, there's, I mean, all right, so let's, I don't even know where to start with this movie. So, this movie stars Joaquin Phoenix as Bo, <laughs> who... Fantastic performance. He's so Really good. funny performance, <laughs> a really weird performance, you know, yeah. very, like, uh, um, you know, He's amazing. He's one of, you know, I, um, he's my favorite actor of, um, his generation, you know, um, yeah. you know, he's, um, he's crazy. I just rewatched, uh, The Master, which is, I think, you know, uh, one of the best movies I've ever seen in my life, but also one of the best performances I've ever, like, I mean, he's not, he's a different person in that movie. Like, everything about what he does in The Master is mesmerizing like changes his fucking body contorts in a different way he's he put a he put like a retainer in his mouth so he was able to like talk on the side of his mouth it's like has a different it's like a different human I'm like that's not what you do this i'm watching freddie quill he's not an actor that I'm watching. <laughs> yeah um so i think he's one of the best actors and extremely versatile right where he could be he could turn around and be arthur fleck joker you know and won an oscar for it but he could also do her, right? And he could do, yeah. um, and this performance is more in line with like performances like her and um, and stuff like that, which is this vulnerability to Bo that yeah, was totally. super important, I you agree. know? And like, Cassie Joaquin Phoenix, it's not just, Ari could have worked with anybody. Anybody would have, you know, worked with Ari Aster. But, him casting Joaquin Phoenix is it, it goes farther than just he's a huge movie star right now and he's in like a bunch of these weird movies so let's get Joaquin Phoenix you know that's not you know there's he chose him because he's perfect for this role the way yeah. that he you know this this is a this is a if I didn't respect Joaquin Phoenix even more after seeing this I, I respect him even more than I already did because this is a brave wild uh swing of the movie that is like you know he was along for the ride you know and like i just actors like that i just i'm like everyone yeah. in this movie everyone in this movie like gives these performances that are so amazing and they just go with it and like yeah. this is such a weird movie that like i i just i have so much respect for all the actors in this movie like, yeah i i really liked um uh, his performance as Bo because he did a really he, he does a really good job with all of his roles about having this uh, inner turmoil whether it be right. insanity or whatever anxiety. it is and in, in this case it's extreme anxiety <laughs> and paranoia yes. and like this freak yeah. out thing but also having for one being charismatic and super magnetic like right. that, that movie star sort totally. of yeah. secret sauce right. but then also like the the empathy like the human he's really not um he's really kind of down to make a fool of himself in a way that sort of robert pattinson has exactly. done where he's kind of gone to, is is is, right. a, is into doing these roles where it's just like let me just like abuse myself into becoming this character and just be really vulnerable yeah. and do this really awkward weird shit right just to just for the for well, the art man but right. it, it's for for me i like him too because it's not like 
Because sometimes you can do that, and then it just becomes an ego trip again about right. them like doing it for the art and being a great performer and stuff. Yeah. But he just he just seems really focused into getting he's into the story, getting into the character. Artist. Like, and he's really fun to watch I mean, when he does, does the that. The movie that he has another movie coming out this year called Napoleon. Mm-hmm. Where he's playing <laughs> Napoleon. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so the range <laughs> that he has is so amazing and the things that he chooses to do are always so interesting and he always gives it his all like you were saying like it's you've never seen a walking through this performance and you're like yeah he's fine on that you're like no like he's usually on a movie that's like not that great like don't worry what was that movie don't worry don't get too far on foot mm-hmm. he's the best part of that movie like he's fucking incredible in it and it's like it's, an, uh, it's a fine movie but he is so like so good he elevates you know material also you know so it's like you know i'm so happy that he already and him got together because it was it was a perfect fucking marriage like he is yeah. so great in this movie and he and he, he really he really was the perfect choice to get the nuance of this bow character um <laughs> who who is who is the as a character choice is a really hard main character because he's so unlikable and pathetic and yes. not assertive. It's like, how do you get, how do you make a story have any kind of direction and like push forward with a character like this at the right. center of it? Right. How do you make it where this is the guy Relatable. you're going to stick with right, for three right, hours? Right. How are you going to was, make that compelling? That, that was the biggest challenge, I think, in this movie from an acting standpoint. You're absolutely mm. right because this movie operates like you don't know much about Bo, right? You don't know much about. Um, his, I mean, throughout the, as the movie goes on, you learn more and more and more and more. Which is the, part of the appeal of his character, exactly. actually, the movie, sure. in general, you know, Definitely. like the, the slow reveal of kind of what's happening, right? Yeah, like, almost like a mystery quality to right. it, really, yeah. Um, but he is the surrogate kind of character that, um, you know, you could view this movie as like this entire film is through his eyes, right? This anxiety-ridden, you know, depressed man right yeah. and the entire world that is surrounding yeah, the, him uh, the unreliable you know? narrator the distorted exactly. perception of right. the world all through kind of and, to, and this movie is experience. like you were saying is total is very absurd at points and very surrealist and elevated you know like almost the world around him and we'll talk about that first hour you know the first 45 minutes of the movie the first chunk of this movie which i guess this movie split up into like four chapters four yeah. sections right and the first section is the the the, the cities which is so great which yeah. <laughs> is one of my favorite things i've seen like in in a long time like this the beginning of this movie is so funny and anxiety like inducing it reminded me of like early Scorsese like after hours and King of Comedy mm-hmm. and like there's some of that list there's Kaufman obviously um Eternal Sunshine and, and Seducted to New York and, and and like even like a punk struck love there's a punk struck love in this movie with like this you know anxiety written like this uh you know this um you know, this just anxiety, you know, put on screen. Yeah. But the way that this was executed <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was so, like, funny. Like, the details in, that, in his apartment, in the streets, like, all the crazy characters you see on that street are so, like, 
delicious. Like, that's the best way. It's just, this is the kind of thing where you can watch this movie, like, over and over and over again and pick up just hilarious details in the back, you know? Like, what the storefronts are called. And, like, you know, it's so amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first the uh, first part really reminds me of um, the, the part my the, – I like it so much for the same reasons that I like Under the Silver Lake so much. Like yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. That first part. And Under the Silver Lake, I, I, I like because there's all, like, these pieces that all – connect in a way that don't connect at all but it's really satisfying right. and fun yeah and bo's afraid is like that but on steroids times like exactly. 12 right. or something it's right. so densely packed with these things that don't necessarily serve a specific plot role but you also no, it has this it has world, this right? this this purpose to it that it's like yeah, right. the is is supposed to be there I mean, and well, i know why dude, it's there i mean there's so many gags and so many bits of that first yeah <laughs> that made me laugh so fucking hard like first of all birthday boy statman is the greatest thing i've ever seen <laughs> Um, like and that Bo, was that did actually have a plot connection to it. Yes, that was great. Yes it does, I yes. love that. Well, they turn on the TV and he's what? And there's a, so everything in this world. It's like it's like so what funny. I love about this. The how Ari like played out this like the city, and, and this whole movie to an extent is like it's almost like he took everything that's worse, like terrible about the world, right? Yeah. And like. Or what you could be worried it. about in the world. Yeah, right. Yeah. Worried about. Yeah, and elevated it to like eleven. You know. Yeah. Like the turn out like Bo. So the first scene of this movie is the therapist scene where he basically tells his therapist that he is uh, going to lose with his mom and he's kind of nervous about it. And so that's kind of the plot of this movie. Very basic is that Bo is trying to get home. Yeah. His mom. His dead mom. Even even that beginning scene, it, it already starts in how really yeah. establishes how weird the yeah. relationship is yeah. and how there's yes. like, okay, you can tell that there's a lot more yeah. behind this that's totally. not being said. And I said. know when I rewatch it, I'm going to love it even more. You know? But yeah. the first time I saw it, I was like, this is, like, this is there is something you're right. There is, but when, you know, when things get revealed towards the end of the film, like, you know, that character specifically, the therapist, like, you just look at it a completely different way, you know? For sure, for um, sure. But there's another thing in that scene that I really wanted to mention that, like... The, the I, therapist scene? Yeah, the therapist scene. Yeah. Where he just prescribed um, medicine, you know, just described... Right, some and right. I, I was thinking about this the other day where I was like, yeah, there is this part of this movie where you can look at it and it's almost like... Because there's the gag is that he's just like, you know... He's been taking all these different meds, right? And he's going to prescribe, like, a different one. It had, like, kind of, like, a goofy thing, and I forgot what it was called. But, um, like, there is part of yeah. this movie that's kind of, like, a statement on kind of, like, um, I don't know, like, the, the abuse of, of things like antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication that, you know, which, you know, has been, you know, the opioid epidemic and, like, all these things where you can kind of do it kind of look at it like i thought that that was just like an interesting part of this movie yeah i mean it also, he's it, supposedly on these drugs like the whole movie right you right know? right right it, it is an interesting element that you kind of um forget about and sometimes sometimes like using substances to kind of have uh freedom in terms of what you're allowed to put on the screen can feel a little bit like gimmicky or oh yeah like, it's not but, overtly that he's like 
it's not overt that he's like, this is the way he's seeing the world because he's on legs. It's just but, this, like, thing that's kind of but, interesting. But it has this nuanced quality to it that makes it, I, I agree with you, that makes it feel like it's a little bit more of a statement or a commentary right. on an exploration right. rather than, like, he's on acid now, so everything's wiggly. This movie's more... surreal. If you, look at, if you look at this movie, it's like, if you are, one of, if you are somebody who watches movies and go, that would never happen. You know, you watch a movie, you're like, that would never happen. Do, do not fucking watch this movie. This not for you. <laughs> like, this, this whole movie is surreal and elevated, you know? And so, yeah, to, to think, like, because he's all these drugs, like, that's just not, that's not right. You know? And, I, and I, I like, but I like, I like, I like the drug thing because um, that, that element added, because when, when you have anxiety, then you have like these distorted perceptions of how the world right, is right. or how you fear the what might world be or how future events will turn so, out. Right. But then when you add medication into the mix, there's also that factor of then your reality also being distorted because exactly. maybe right. it will lessen your anxiety, right. but it might make you like a little bit more in the clouds. Like you'll yeah. be more fuzzy totally. or not, not quite there, especially if it's like strong or something, or yeah. there's fucking crazy side effects that could which happen. Which I thought was a, that was a really smart thing to add into the movie. Cause it adds just like kind of this interesting dynamic to it, you know? But it, um, it, de it destabilizes it in a really satisfying way to me right. rather than being like, a frustrating way of of right. avoiding Trying responsibility for yeah, your wackiness. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, like, it's not... Yeah, for sure. Uh, this movie does that really, really well. Like, there's no... Uh, which, you know, that's, like, a something that we could talk about where, like, I might have a little bit where of the literal last moments of the movie and how really, like, I don't necessarily love really, like, what was revealed or like how things really I, I don't know we'll get there okay. but um like so yeah so he gets his legs and he's told that he can't do his legs without water <laughs> and so he goes back to his apartment and his dude like when he my favorite like probably like the hardest I laughed in this movie is so he leaves the therapist's office and there's this amazing <laughs> thought of just bow like sprinting down the fucking oh, yeah and like running through his apartment which is so funny because you're like this is like an everyday occurrence like you're like yeah. to believe like this is just what he has to do to, to get like, home go. yeah to get home and there's that amazing fucking shot where he, you know he and a junkie starts like uh, running towards him. Yeah, he's and, like this tatted guy yeah, who yeah, has yeah. these crazy lenses so in. Funny. And he just like he so just got funny. a taco from like oh a like yeah. a stage. Uh, like you look like you look like a a, a taco man to me. Uh, and he hands, uh, I think he drops it on the yeah, ground yeah, yeah. too. <laughs> and then he sees Bo sprinting amazing, at him. Amazing dude. Fuck, and he runs so in. But that amazing <laughs> fucking shot where he comes into the, in that tracking shot of him walking down the hallway. Yeah. And you see all this hilarious fucking graffiti and it's on the wall that's like, you know, there's like, uh, there's a band poster in there that's like, something like, fuck your brains, Italy. <laughs> or something, something like a band there that is so funny. Um, yeah. And he goes into his apartment. His apartment is like, it's so, like everything about this scene that was just, incredible like the elevator because we're like eraser head too or like um yeah oh yeah where like this like very like distorted like industrial 
you know, world that he lives in, and then the elevator gag was actually kind of, Eraser had one of the funniest things ever, when he gets to the elevator, he press the button, and the, <laughs> el- the door so close. Yeah. <laughs> for like a minute, and then they close. Um, I kind of got those vibes, too, like, in yeah. that apartment. And uh, he gets in there, and then, so, he's, 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 this, is a, this is another amazing shot of just how good of an actor Joaquin is, because he's supposed to be packing to go to uh, his log's house, and he's just sitting there. Like not packing and just like can't like get over the fact that he's you know like pat like you can't like get over you know, the anxiety. So good. Yeah. So he turns on the TV and he sees the you know a birthday boy stat man, a naked man <laughs> is going around stabbing people. <laughs> and he's like, oh my god! And he's like turns it on, and like the sound design is incredible, man. Like the you hear like people getting like fucking murdered and shit like outside (laughs) like just hilarious like amazing sound design and this scene too like also when he tries to go to bed and uh this is funny and there's a guy who keeps slipping a note under his fucking door that's like can you keep it down in there please turn down your music I, 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 I I love that um, that's, like, such a great sort of absurdist joke that, like, doesn't really... That's very Kaufman-esque. You know, that's, like, a scene that's, like, so Absolutely. straight out of There's a Kaufman There's a lot of Kaufman movie. in this, for sure. Uh, but I uh, I loved it. I didn't feel I didn't feel like that... It's, like, a rip-off of Kaufman. No, 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 no. It's just like, oh, that's so delightfully Kaufman. Also, like, that's you can't so really awesome. rip off Charlie Kaufman. It's pretty hard to do. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't. <laughs> Unless you, like, literally lip, rip lines from Charlie Kaufman. But <laughs> yeah. I... I I loved, I, I loved yeah, that, that whole scene so funny because it's so it's so funny, but it's also so frustrating. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and then Absolutely. it's so it's so <laughs> hilarious how that like sort of starts this chain of problems right, to kind exactly. of go on. Right. So he wakes up and he the 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 clock short circuited, so he's missing his flight and what well, I can't really the the. the Sequence of life, but he loses his keys. He loses keys and his. Well, yeah, that's because yeah. because I, I love that because he when he's in his rush to get all his stuff together, he he like sets his he sets his bag and his keys out and in front, right? And he goes back inside to get something. And it's just gone. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. Then like his luggage and his keys yeah. go missing. The way the way that this movie like throughout. Um, piles and piles and piles on top of one another is so exhilarating to watch because you're like <laughs> like everything goes wrong yeah and i and i and i and like you think that like that would be like tire cell or something but the way that ari like creatively creates like these new things to like add on top of each other and they're constantly funny and like you know nuanced in some way it's really remarkable what know? what i what i think i also really like about this movie that i think might make it um part of what makes it so easy to watch for me rather than some more of like these really hyper surreal yeah. like absurd stuff is that his cause and effect logic is so strong right. and effective because it's like like that 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 neighbor complaining about the stuff like the turning the music down, right. you know, leads to the <laughs> leads to him being late. 
and then and then he yeah, gets right, out, exactly, and then right, it's probably right, right. that neighbor who stole right. his luggage, right. and then that leads to his mom getting mad at him, and then Incredible. it leads to him. Yeah, right. And then, yeah, and, all and the, the you're right, totally. The cause and effect, the whole chain and it connects in this ridiculous way where it's like, right. well, this happens, and because of this, this happens. You're like, what? Okay, I guess that that does kind of make sense. And then That's because this happened, hours. he ends up here. Yeah. Um, and I, I love that yeah. because it, it connects together these these totally ridiculous events into this thing that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> and like I love too, so he, is it, he calls his log, right? Yeah, this, really so weird phone call. <laughs> that, that scene is incredible. That scene is fucking amazing. Yeah. Joaquin destroyed that. Like fucking killed it. Because that was almost... That, one scene, you, it's so anxiety-inducing, right? That's what oh, it's like, yeah. kind of like, you know, it's very uncomfortable. Like, what, what, this movie works in this great way where it's calling between, like, real kind of, like, horror at points, like, real, like, shock and, like, very, like, anxiety-inducing to, like, funny, right? To, like, darkly. You're like, almost, like, laughing at, like, the absurdity of, like, just, like, of what's happening. Yeah. So that moment is, like, truly, like, like very unsettling, right? Very oh, for sure, very for sure, and it, and it, and it's and it and it's unsettling in a way that kind of initiates the mystery of it, right? For exactly, sure, because right. you realize that it's like, oh, maybe there's something going on right. with this mom character and his well, relationship you, with them. Just through Joaquin's performance, like that conversation where she picks up and she's like, "Hey, bro, like, how's it going? Are you, you're in the airport." It's like. No, like he's so um scared to say anything to her and uh he ultimately gets out like uh like she's not stolen. I don't know what should I do? And then yeah. she goes, You'll know what to do and hangs yeah. up the phone. And so you tell like there's the weird relationship, you know, yeah. that she that he has with his mother. I mean it- from shot one you get that. We need to mention, the first shot of the movie is him coming out of her pussy. Her oh, lip, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that was a <laughs> another thing that I think could be um, labeled as self-indulgent <laughs> that I thought were great. No, I thought I, that was amazing. I thought I, it was brilliant. I, this I didn't whole really... movie could be like self-indulgent, you know? For like, sure. This whole movie could be like, what? But what is this, man? But it really didn't feel like that to me. Like it, it's one of those no. things that, like, starting with the births, it feels like that should be cliche. But it was still surprising and exciting for me cliche. the way that he opened with that. I can't remember um, a movie that starts with a, a birth, <laughs> not like this. You know? <laughs> yeah, no. Not like yeah. in this kind of weird way where we literally start inside the womb. To well, I really like the way. I love the cut speak- to the title too. What it what what are the <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah, he's like slapping the baby on the back and it cuts to Bo's afraid. Yeah, that was yeah. really great. But yeah. I love the Which the sound the, the log right the log <laughs> yeah. like literally doing this like harsh slap to the back right. Bo's afraid. Yeah, very I, very cool. Very, yeah, very all, cool. ties into the movie really well. Oh, yeah. But I love the I love the that was a it was a pretty trippy like baby birth scene because it really got you rather than feeling like I was watching I was, Bo I was being like, birthed. What is happening? It was like it's like whoa was this this is what I was experiencing when I was born. This right, is yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, no, it was just super <laughs> strange. And like the sound design of that too, so great too. Like yeah, that, I love that. But anyway, so I forgot about that honestly. He, uh, so he gets off the call, very uncomfortable. It's like, you know what you're going to do. And so he, um, and then he takes his legs. And this shit also was 
hilarious. Yeah, it really. When he takes his nets, the water was cut off, and he's like, <laughs> "Dude, when he googled, when he googles like what to do, he googles like what to do, or will I die or something." And the first thing is remembering John. You know, yeah. like, like <laughs> so <laughs> hilarious, and um. Because, you know, that's so relatable, you know? Like, you have, like, so you're like, am I dying? Like, you look it up and you, like, see, like, side effects. Death. Yeah, of, like, yeah, right. My, yeah. my stomach hurts really bad. <laughs> Death. <laughs> you know, like, it's such a funny, like, play on that. And so he runs <laughs> across the street to this bodega. And, like, that shot of him just, like, <laughs> running and people are kind of, like, leaping across oh, people. Oh, my God, man. Yeah, and there's a there's a couple there's a couple of things about that 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 run and that problem that was so well for one the problem that he was getting into was another another example of a great cause and effect buildup because it's yeah. like well now he's in a situation where the water has turned off for no goddamn reason which works in this world right. but then he has the problem where there's all these people who are gonna who are fucking oh, crazy crack yeah, like all these homeless yeah so like, he can't, oh, and he yeah. can't lock his door because his keys like, got it stolen seems like the only people that live there are crackheads like there's yeah. no like normal person it's and so he can't funny. get back into his apartment because he doesn't have his keys but he needs right. water or he'll die right. <laughs> um yeah. and then the other right, thing about right 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 uh, and so it's like that's great that's such a good setup um, so he I also... runs across the thing and he starts chugging water and he doesn't, he doesn't have chains. And then there's a guy like on like like banging, banging on the on the help the, the, me, what, yeah, help, help me. me. You hear it, you hear it. And then like when he's in there, you just see him mouthing, "Help me, help me, help me, help me." Oh my god! So like, oh, I was, I was on cloud nine throughout that whole scene. I was like, this is fucking masterful and yeah and, and oh i also i also love um another thing about uh the performance both both character that's really weird is that when he's moving around his physicality is very awkward kind of like he's stiff and doesn't work but there's moments where he breaks into this sprint that right. is so intense and yeah, athletic yeah. <laughs> and that cracks me up and i i love it because there's yeah. sometimes where there's a couple. There's just a few moments of the movie where it's like he's in trouble and he's out there like a fucking yeah, rabbit. Yeah, no, like there's a, it's kind of like a little two throughout the movie when he gets yeah. to the pillow, he just fucking runs. Like, I love sprints. it. I, yeah. I, I, I absolutely yeah. love it. it. It's it's one of those things that just that's, very, uh, that's also very uh, Paul Thomas Anderson thing. Actually, I don't think about. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, but uh, then then after that scene, there's there's this great almost zombie montage of all the crack addicts siphoning oh into God, the. Dude. Dude, that's so he goes great. To his apartment, he starts destroying his apartment and shit. That's oh a my great god, scene. this crisis. And then he sleeps on the on the fire stoop or whatever. Um, Which is a he, weird, like, quiet moment that was like right. that was kind of poignant in a very funny way. Right. Well, it's like this look of like, man, I I cannot get my life together. You know, like mm-hmm. everything is just I need mean, gone wrong, and then it gets worse. So he gets to the, finally gets back to his apartment. <laughs> There's also the funny gag. You, you see the, remember the guy who's doing the dishes while everyone's wrecking his apartment? <laughs> yeah, 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 oh, yeah, God. Yeah, yeah. That was so And taking good. a shit. Isn't there, like, you know, like somebody, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> and eating all their frozen... His frozen dinners. That, yeah. Um, have the MW thing on it, by the way, which uh, very, um, Ooh, I didn't notice that. Uh, and sick. the microwave has that, too. Um... And but uh, 
Also, the food was really funny. The, the first thing you ate was super funny. That was a really funny gag when he threw away. It was some funny meal. I forgot what it was. But, mm-hmm. um, so he gets in there, and, he, gets, and then he, gets a, he calls his mom again. And I don't know if he caught this or not. Uh, Bill Hader. Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah really was, funny. I was in theaters. I was like, wait, is that Bill Hader? Because <laughs> um, uh, Barry, season four just started, so I was like watching that. And yeah. like, I saw this movie, I'm like, what? I can't get out of my life, Bill Hader. <laughs> uh, he won't leave. Uh, yeah. He call, so he calls the UPS guy answers. And it's this really funny, but, you know, dark scene where basically tells him that a sandalier fell on his mom's head. And, like, the way that... That whole, it's just so, like, intense, right? It's so, like, and just the way that Ari pushes in on Joaquin like that, it's just one shot and hit that whole phone call. And, like, he's just like, wow, I just doesn't understand. And his mom's head got exploded like a melon, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I love I love um how he was trying to process that along with the audience and he did a great right. job of still never asking quite the right questions he always <laughs> yeah. asked the wrong questions but still made it feel like he was still reacting to it in a way that was so bizarre but relatable yeah um exactly <laughs> yeah. it was it was uh funny I, I, in, in, in a retrospect right yeah we were watching it you're like oh Head of, but it is funny because it's so absurd. Like, the way she dies is so absurd. Like, Sandalier <laughs> falls on her head. And, and I Bill Hader so funny. He's like, yeah, I, don't, I don't know who this is. I I think this is your mom. And then he, he hangs up and, like, he calls him again, you know? Sorry, man. I'm so sorry. It's I'm so mom. sorry. <laughs> I, I, I like that. I feel like that uh, one is, is a good example of how, like, the dialogue in this is, is from characters who aren't really good at articulating how they feel or what they're thinking so but right. that you can still get at what they're trying to say even yeah. though they're not quite able to say it because Bo was not Which able to be to... a very frustrating thing right yeah and I've yeah. seen some criticisms of this movie that I kind of like definitely understand where Bo is especially Bo is I mean the whole movie like dude like, do something. Like, he's just, like, maybe the most pathetic character ever put on film, you know? Like, yeah. And that's kind of the, the, the point of it, right? The, the, the point of that nails down that, you know, his, you know, his mother, his anxiety, is overbearing him to the point where he cannot even get a word out. There's so many times in this movie where he, like, literally can't, you know, he just can't say anything. You know, he can't, yeah. he can't take control of any moment, you know? Um, and so like, I could see someone be like, dude, like, this is frustrating as fuck for three hours, you know, following this guy, you know? Right, right, right. And I feel like the thing that the the saving grace about it every time where, well, for one, it's just the the strange likability that kind of comes with the performance that he brings for me. Exactly. It's just like, right. I, I right. still just like him no right. matter what. It's, right. it's a weird thing, even though he's extremely unlikable right. in every explicable way possible. Right. Well, he's a good, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other thing about it is that he's just really so interesting to me. I just right. found it right. so, uh, like, 
I just really like weird characters and seeing yeah. how they deal with situations is yeah. just really fun to yeah. me. So even like I, I totally agree that like th- that is a sort of an objectively frustrating thing totally. <laughs> about his character. But well, um, it's, pr- it's 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 a difference though because that's the point of it. Like that's right. the it's not like this is something where. Um, it could be a problem where it's like, I wish I, no, it's like, no, this is like, it, it should have been that way for this movie to kind of work, right? Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's such a, you know, not, movies don't do this. Most movies don't do this, and they probably shouldn't do this, you know, mm-hmm. with a character that is very much like, I don't want to say one note, one note might be the wrong word, but very like, um, he doesn't change a lot during this movie. Like, there's no arc, really. You mean with Bo? There kind of is, you know, by the end. But, um, you know, it's interesting. He's a, you know, it, I can't really articulate it, but it's, he's not your average char- main character of the movie. You know? Yeah, I mean, a hundred, a hundred percent, because, yeah. um, I mean, he has just such complicated internal and mental health issues, probably. Right. <laughs> um, probably, yes. And yes. and he goes through like that. That's an interesting thing about Bo, where he does go through for me like this pretty profound transformation. But it's like he never quite gets there, and that's part of what's so interesting to me. He never actually transforms, but there's all these opportunities right. where it's it's like the attempt the attempt at trying yes. and failing and like the backwards and forwards it's you so just, non you, i think you just articulated and, like favorite thing about it yeah because i think there are so there are moments in this movie where like towards the end probably my favorite kind of like section like the end section where just who walks out and meets a you know re, re, uh meets elaine or a better name Yes, um, yes, yes. That moment to me, like where, like the movie, the movie how it ends and flows, and you just want this guy to catch a break, right? And then when he finally does, I just felt this like euphoria. I was like, holy shit, like he's catching, and then, the, you know, but it never quite sits there because the movie is, you know, uh, you know, not to jump ahead, but the last shot of it, and the last moment of the movie, is nailing down what you just said, right? Is this is this where he never quite gets there? You know why? Because of you know his mother, or right? His anxiety. It's like a statement on kind of like almost um you know the almost like the pressures and the and the hardships of dealing with uh, a parent or anxiety. Or depressing, yeah, you know. I I, I want to actually. I think I want to jump to the end and kind of make some comments because this is getting. Since we're on this topic, it's kind of getting me thinking about a few things that uh, I'm kind of putting. I'm thinking. Yeah, we'll I'm ju- interpreting the movie in a different way. The Nathan Lane, the suburban. Yeah, too, was, but, we'll yeah. jump back. We'll jump back to yeah. that. We'll jump around a little bit. But with the ending, um, I because I, I, I really had the feeling, especially especially after the animated sequence. I like that yeah, because that yeah, was like yeah, the realization yeah. moment where he decided to take a step to kind of break from his change, you know, like literally right. break from his change and like right. in the story and well, try to live his life. Yeah, it's almost like his imagining, right, of like what he wants his life to be. Yeah, right? exactly. Like and the then fantasy. the end is a joke, right? Yeah, the joke at the end is that. So he loses his kids and he goes, his kids are like, so like, if you don't, 
basically, basically learn there that he's never tugged in his life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so the bit at the end of it is like, oh yeah, like, I can't have kids, I've never come. And then he, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, but yes, that, that, that whole animation is, is this like, life that he wishes that he had, right? And I, and I really like the whole confrontation with the mom at the end, too. Amazing. Because, yeah, because incredible. that was another moment that was, again, Bo, Bo never stood up for himself and became assertive and like and, and, and he never overcame this manipulative person which the reality yeah. of it we want to be able to overcome our manipulators but yeah. when you are in an abusive situation like that right. you can never overcome someone who doesn't play well, I mean, think with what logic happens, think what happens when he finally goes to kill her like strangle her yeah you know, what happens at that you know right and like the, the the repercussions of that you're right it's totally like this is like a, you know, a loud and abusive relationship, you know. But but it's a type of thing where it's like Bo's struggling and trying to make sense of it, but he can never, it, it's really revealed that his mom is so crazy right. that he's probably never going to be able to make that relationship work for him. Well, he and never did. He never the, did. Thing, <laughs> the thing I was thinking about, that the new thought that I had about it was related to the ending and how to interpret the ending because yeah. – the ending where Bo dies, essentially, yes. you know, is put on trial in this very frustrating, <laughs> yeah. dreamlike trial. Truman Show-esque, like, you know, trial, <laughs> you know. Should, by, you know, all accounts, be very frustrating because it's like, oh, he failed. He never reached that point. Right. But to me, I felt very much like, like he had like a something lifted from him almost, you know, like a, sure. a, like a kind of relief from that. And the interpretation I was thinking of, of was, dying? well, and that in those last moments with him, yeah. not necessarily from the death itself, right. but like I didn't have. Well, the it's feeling... like this, like overcoming of almost like, yeah, it's, it's like a bittersweet kind of thing, right? Where it's almost like he, uh, he just accepts it. I mean, the thing, almost. the thing, the thing that I. Uh, the thing I was thinking about was that in, in a scene like that, I was not taking that as necessarily being literal reality and being more right. of like a metaphorical representation of what the actual confrontation might have felt like to Bo, yeah. you know, in, in that representation. So the end yeah, of that, yeah, but the, rea- sure. the reality of what would happen in a situation like that is the only way you would get out is that you would have to accept that you like the mom would probably say something like you're dead to me in a real life relationship. Right. So you would have to assume that I can't have, you're, you know, you're cutting off, you know, so yeah. Bo dying, you know, it's like, is he dying or is he just being seen as dead to his mom? He just, yeah, right, 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 it was right, just right, the ultimate right. punishment account totally. to his mom, yeah. but Bo's right. free. He's underwater. He's dead. He's living. He's, yeah, he's right, getting right. to do his own shit. That's sure, really yeah. how the ending of it feels to me. Right. So on the topic of like Bo's transformation, I really, it's hard to say because he doesn't actually get anywhere by the ending because he just dies. The mom wins. The bad guys right. kind of win at the right. end. But I still feel like Bo goes free in a way. Yeah, right, like sure. at the end of yeah. it, it's it's kind of a yeah a a a a, a freeing sure. death. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to interpret it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely the, definitely the last moment of the movie is definitely the part where I struggle with it the most. I'm not saying that I definitely enjoyed it. I think I just. I I also love that like just because I got that last shot, I love that Ari like it's almost like like it's almost like he goes. I'm sure he goes. I'm sure he knew what the audience was going to think of this. Yeah. And when he 
he lingers on that last shot for so long. Yeah, but then like, like all the credits Ari comes up. And you're just like What? Like yeah. holy shit, like the way that he like knows that like he's just lingering on that, you know, it's like and just leaves the audience with like this like Oh <laughs> you know, like uh, okay, you know. And like I just love that he's playing with like just like lingering on this just like this one yeah. shot, you know. So And so, the the credits go over that shot. Yeah, yeah I, I really like funny. that. I really like that touch. So yeah. for you, with the ending kind of being um, a struggle, was the struggle in the fact of like not, not being able to find the emotionally, meaning? I think it emotionally <laughs> fulfills me. It's exactly what I think should have happened. I think what I'm struggling with, and I probably shouldn't be struggling with this, is the reality of it. Because there's a moment in this movie that is perplexly and I don't understand it is when they're in like I don't get this moment at all like I don't get the point of it in terms of like if it's in a surreal version or whatever so he's in the suburban uh section which is amazing and towards the end of it the Amy Sparks character whispers to him turn the channel 78 and he goes there and he sees the he fast forwards and sees the end of the movie. Right. Like you see him go on a boat and do a cave. Yeah. So I don't understand what that even is saying. Like I guess you like you can interpret that as like he almost saw this coming in a way. But like having him literally like in this world like fast forward to the oh and before that you see like that he's being watched so it's kind of revealed in that moment a little bit that there is he's being watched like there's cameras and that's what's revealed at the end is that right he's like all these people have gathered to watch him and be judged so that's actually happening in the world right that like that says to me like that's that's like in the reality of this movie of this surreal nightmare you know world yeah. Um, so that moment to me is like very strange, and I don't really know if that needed to be in the movie or not, or like I don't really get the point of that. What did you get out of that? I, I liked I liked that moment a lot, and I think it really it really ties in for me. Did, did, uh, you, did it tie in in the sense of like it's almost like a uh, a um, like that he saw this coming, like he knew it was going to I, I, I think... go this route. I think that's a part of it, but it's not the main part of it for me because the, the, I think, and this is all, this is all sort of like de- emerging connections still yeah, for me. Right. And it's still a lot of the times where it's a feeling where it's like, Ooh, that moment really resonates me from sort of like a gut reaction yeah. kind of perspective. But as I think about it, what I really like about sort of the twist of the ending and also the line that, um, Nathan Lane's wife uh, goes <laughs> over of uh, like part, stop yeah. stop incriminating yourself. Yeah, um, right, right. That right, line right, right. kind yeah. of like that that really um so <clears throat> with with the ending about the it being revealed that the mom basically out of petty revenge set Bo up to go on like this moral test yes, to right. prove that he loved right. her essentially. Like right. this was all to see if he was to prove that he was worthy um of of or to, or to prove that she was he was a loving son, or to prove that he was a bad son. Right, right, right. And I love um, that. That's great. 
And but the reality about this game that the mom sets up is that it's not a game that Bo is ever gonna win. Going to win. Yeah, it's something that where she is set up where she knows the reason and is just making it seem like that he's making the choices. You know, like like every time that Nathan Lane's telling him, basically pressuring him and forcing him not to go to his mom, even though he wants to. It's right. making it. She's making it, twisting his words and twisting the reality to make it yeah, so right. it was Bo's decision to be a bad, um, <laughs> be a bad son. Yeah, right. So the fact that it's like pre-recorded for one, there's like the it's like you're being watched from your whole life to even your future. Even yeah. your future's yeah, not safe. Right. Yeah, That's sure. controlled. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. the other thing where it's just like yeah. your fate is determined. It doesn't matter. You don't have choices. Yeah, you're you're right. already going. To this destination, right. which I think is what's so satisfying about that ending, where Bo yeah. is trying to connect with his mother. He's trying to be a good son. He's trying right. to do all this stuff. But that ending is like him realizing it's just like, I can't, there's yeah. I, there's nothing I can even do about this. I can't For make sure. a choice in this matter because I, I've been controlled my whole life yeah. all the way to this point. Right. And he just and he just lets go, and that's very satisfying yeah. to me. And so yeah. that's why that connects for me. Yeah, right. And right. in my yeah. interpretation, yeah, no, I, why... I think that's a really good interpretation. That... I think I was just caught up in the in the literal aspect to it because it's like, yeah, it's fucking it's bizarre. Like, you, you and know, out of like, nowhere. It, yeah, it's like it's uh, it's strange because he's literally like he's literally Susie's future. You know? Yeah. And it's like yeah, I mean, like but if you look at it like that, you're that's definitely I think connects and is like. You know, connects to the ending and connects to, like what this movie's trying to say. You know, um, and like the point of it. You know, um, yeah, totally. Yeah, and that's um, definitely. And also I... that connects to like the idea of like that dream sequence too, where he projects like the life that he wishes that he had, but he's sent back into reality. Yeah, the the future know? where he actually had yeah. choices right. that he could make. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it brilliant. That like this. It's an animated scene, so you're kind of like, you know, okay, this is a uh, this is a dream, you know, reality that we're in, you know? Because this movie works in so, like, it's so surreal already, but, like, choosing to, like, do this, like, really cool animated hybrid thing, like, okay, this is a... This is in Bo's head. He's imagining this right now. Right, you know? right, right. And this, this and is very this smart. <laughs> that's another reason why... Um, I'm just so fucking impressed with Ari Aster and Jazz about this movie from a visual storytelling perspective because he's so articulate and and coherent and masterful of how to put these pieces together, like with editing and with scenes and continuity, that his flexibility to sort of weave these, this insanity together into something that is coherent is really exciting for me. I love totally, absolutely. Yep. I can I can see shit like people who can do shit like this. Yeah. It's just so cool. Dude, yeah, I'll to do, me. yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Because you can tell yeah, stories totally. about anything you want. It could be obviously, anything. Obviously, yeah, and that's what this is. It's like, oh my gosh. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. I'll and that's part like, of. I think that's exciting. another. That's another thing why this was so fun watching this for me because it was right. just like literally anything could happen. Like. Well, that, that, that's what I was telling you the other day, where I also love, like, the unpredictability <laughs> of this movie. Like, oh, yeah. The, I love like, that. They're so rare, you know? They're so rare when you see a movie where almost every moment, like, I have no clue what's about to happen. Yeah. No clue. Like, and that is so exciting when you watch a movie, like, but, unfold but, like that. 
and, and I still, I still, I, and I feel like this is a little different than like total surrealism and absurdism. I'd make the argument because of the ground and cause and effect, like basic right. bread and butter, like movie writing that kind of like Absolutely. ties this all together. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, like the the whole surreal, like I think that that conversation's kind of like whatever, like yeah. the label. This is the world of Lois Afraid. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, okay. Like, I think there, I think a lot of, I, I, I totally understand this. Like, if you, you know, haven't seen a lot of data links or some more like kind of things that operate in this like, you know, elevated absurdist world. Like, I, I get like the temptation to kind of like have these questions of like, what's real and what is it? You know, it's like, no, this, this whole movie is like, this is not the world that we live in. Like, this is just the world of those right? You know? Yeah. And yeah, like, because... Those questions will not get answered and you shouldn't ask them. Yeah, so, because because the weird thing about, like, a David Lynch movie or a movie like this is that it works by a logic. It's just right. by a logic that's not like our world. Exactly, yeah. It's the wor- it works in the world of those right? Yeah. And that... Blue Velvet... Bro, the way that people talk in <laughs> Blue Velvet... Yeah, right. You know, you're like, what the fuck? It's like <laughs> this super... A, like suburban world in a different fucking dimension. Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's and what I, makes that movie work. But it's yeah. grounded, right? And grounded in human. That's what makes that movie so exciting. You know, and surrealism so cool. Yeah. And so uh, that's how it works. So like, yeah. If you're not, you know, if your if your favorite filmmaker is Jim Jarmusch, you might not like this movie, <laughs> or <laughs> or a super. That's a bad example. Or a super realist filmmaker. You yeah, know? I totally totally know what you mean. Yeah. Totally know what you mean. It's a it's a completely. I mean, it's a completely different tone. Absolutely, yeah. extraordinarily different so tone. So <laughs> I kind of there's a few things I want to talk about um, before we like you know wrap it up or whatever. Yeah. But, um, I really just want to mention how funny and amazing that second chapter of the the Suburban thing I found to be so fucking funny. And um, Nathan Lane and Amy Smart just are amazing as this, you know, <laughs> this, this couple who has a son who's died in war and they are like using Bo as almost like a replacement. You yeah. know, like, and, you know, creating, like, silk pajamas for him. Yeah. And Nathan Lane, the whole time. Nathan Lane, everything that Nathan Lane said, I was like, this is the greatest performance I've ever seen. Like, he was he so is, funny. You know, so he's good. amazing. He's, like, you know, he doesn't do a lot of movies, but when he pops up in a movie, it is just a delight. He's just amazing. Yeah, and he's just, he's, he's, a, he's a, so good. He's such an amazing actor. So, so freaking lovable. I always loved him. But seeing him on this and him accepting to do this, they're like, you are yeah. the coolest fucking guy. Um, but dude, every time he was like, my dude, or uh, <laughs> like, it was just perfect. <laughs> the way he delivered that was just perfect. Yeah. And, and actually, it's important to note, it's the first time we see Joaquin Phoenix's giant fucking balls uh, that are coming out of his uh, hospital gown. You know, huge fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I think or he, have have thematic purpose in the movie. I, I actually think that you see them when he steps into the bathtub before the dude okay. falls on him. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I saw oh my it. God, I was like, because I was like, way. was that his knees or <laughs> that, was that, that his like, Hold it. <laughs> I love it. Like flopping around like dead fish. Huh. I love God, that scene. Man. I love Fucking that hilarious. scene so much. Uh, but yeah, but that that whole the whole Nathan Lane sequence. Um, well, first of all, it's like one of those things. P- 
talk about unpredictability where that movie basically starts over with a whole new premise, right? You know, it's like it's a whole well, right. new that's, that's movie about this movie that is so crazy is that when I read like four chapters, it really is that. It's, it really feels like, I know Ari has described this movie as like inspired by the Odyssey, you know, by Homer's Odyssey. Oh, yeah, for and, sure. Like, you know, you totally feel oh, yeah. that. And that's why this movie is three hours, you know? And, like, it kind of needed to be this long to feel epic, right? Feels like you're on a... Like, kind of the edge. Like, I just... I felt like I lived a life. Like, I felt like you were, like... It's such a long and, like, arduous experience, you know? But it's epic. You know, if you want to make a truly, like, epic journey, right? Yeah, and I, and I liked... I liked... I also liked that transition into this completely new world within Bo is Afraid because right. it didn't feel like a, a complete reset, it oh felt like it was a continuation How of the stuff before. It. Totally, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's not like jarring or anything. But it's Very such well. a dramatic yeah. shift. It's totally. so yeah. c- complete rehaul of everything. Which is another thing that could be totally turn somebody off. Actually, yeah, you know? like, yeah. Because it is so, thing that's it very is really bold. jarring. Very bold about it. And very, that's what you would say. It's a very unique movie. Like, movies, that's, that's a very scary thing to do. You know, to keep an audience like in a three hour movie and like an hour in completely change almost the setting and complete, you know, almost Gamalis, not Gamalis, everything is set up, but like, you know, uh, put you into this whole other set of characters, you know? And uh, yeah, that whole shit, the daughter, the way that they like are neglected her and she, I think clearly Nathan Lane says like she goes while they're having breakfast. And she picks up the pills, like, you know, and Nathan Lane's like, don't mix those! Yeah. Which is just amazing. Like, yeah. so funny. Uh, just so neglectful of her. And, uh, but it's funny because they, they're clearly not processing the death of their son in a yeah. very good and healthy way, you know? And they have this... Uh, uh, his friend, I think, who, who, who <laughs> yeah, brought, Jeeves, who, his who, army, oh my God, his terrifying. army buddy. <laughs> oh my God, horrifying. Uh, like you know, just PTSD out of his mind. You know, dude, it was like <laughs> when you first meet him, he's like rolling on the lawn of the English park. Like, don't worry about him. I just have to, I have to give him drugs. He just like a syringe out. It's like, dude, oh my God, it's so funny. Um, and yeah, that whole um. Section, and that's when we get the flashback scene where the the daughter's like, I'll drive you there. And he's like, okay, thanks. And then oh, give him, yeah. like, the, this joint <laughs> with something in it. And uh, he does this whole trip scene, and that's when we get this um, flashback scene to Teenage Bo on the, on the boat. Yeah, which ultimately yeah. becomes very important. Uh, third at the end. Did you say um, that was another scene that you were kind of um, feeling that iffy was a about? That was where I was also like kind of like confused about. I'm sure, sure that like for sure. I see it again, I'll probably enjoy it more. I think for me what was very jarring and weird about it is just I guess this is the comedy of it that I didn't get it in the moment of just the turn of like a lady like wait for me and then like you know which i guess is the comedy of this is that she it's just this like out of nowhere thing where she's just like i love you you know like wait for me and like i guess they have this connection over like you know uh abusive 
bombs. You know? Yeah, right. Um, and also that suit is bizarre as fuck. Like, it's so strange. Like, yeah. they go and, like, there's a dead guy in the pool. And she's like, you want to go look at the <laughs> dead guy in the pool? Like, what? Like, there are moments that I think when I see this again, I'm just going to give up. Because I think, like, sometimes when I was watching I'm like, I almost, like, forgot that this was set like this surreal world you know like yeah, sometimes for sure. like like what the fuck are they they're looking at a dead body like what yeah it was how like is some... this dead body not taken out of the water yet like yeah. what, what is this <laughs> boat that they are they're on well you kind of have to like you know uh leave that at the door right it's just like this is not the real world you know um so yeah and like that was, yeah. I mean, I, I thought that scene was cool. It was just like, I think it was just perplexed. <laughs> yeah, that 100%, that 100% makes sense. That 110% makes sense. I think the, um, well, one of the things I liked about that scene. I, lo- is- I loved it in retrospect when Eileen came back. Right. You know? And you do see a picture of her. In the beginning, when Bo's like about to go to bed, which I was know? just about to mention, where I love that it's revealed that there's actually a dead body in the background of that picture, but you yeah, have no hilarious. idea when yeah, you right, first saw it. Right. Very um, funny. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that scene that scene definitely was weird, especially since it was like interjected into an already tonal switch to have Beautiful a tonal look. switch within Beautiful another looking, tonal switch. By the way. But yeah, but Amazing that was one of the colors. One of the thing I love the I love the visual choice of that. Oh, but then, amazing I, I, I think that that seems pretty important for setting seeing the mom and Bo interact with each other a little bit. For sure, at, absolutely, at I like that ages. a lot. I think so it was I, just the Eileen part that I was. Like, that's definitely very dramatic and, you know? and crazy. So that yeah. I am yeah. not surprised by that at all. Yeah. But um, but yeah, that happens during that uh, another the transition into that where she peer pressures Bo into smoking that joint right, was a, right. that was a really well directed scene dude. Very that well, was very well that was really yeah. well executed and like in the black void you know that was such an awesome shot or like I saw this in the IMAX and they updated nice. this movie, and that was like very cool um in IMAX that was fucking sick um so yeah we have that and then all hell breaks loose obviously and because that's just what happens in this movie. Uh, you see a, you establish, you think things are kind of okay, and, but they're not. Uh, and she, the little, <laughs> the little girl is like, annoyed that I guess her parents are taking a liking the bone. It's like, you're not, you know, you know she drinks paint. <laughs> and dies. <laughs> and that, Joaquin and that scene was hilarious. Like, he's like, <laughs> I didn't, like, he's just, like, so, like, horror afraid. Um, and, <laughs> uh, but he is such a funny, over-the-top, like, reaction to this, and so, but also grounded, you know? Like, that's what's so great about it, right? It's like, it's so absurd what just happened. Like, she just drank pain for, like, just to, like, prove a point or something, you know? And, like, yeah, like, Amy Smart coming in and, like, trying to resuscitate her and, like, so intense and, like, funny. It's just, like, such a weird blending of feelings, you know? Yeah, yeah. Watching that. 
I I, that, I feel like that that's kind of what I, I I love so much about that whole sequence in general. It's just the weird blending of feelings that just kind of go yeah, on. Because uh, yeah. for one, there's that whole element of it sort of feels like the like when you're in a dream and you can't quite get yourself to move in the way totally. that you want to. Yeah, yeah Bo's yeah. kind of stuck in that. Which you know maybe that's for whatever medications totally. they're yeah. giving him. Maybe yeah. that's because he has brain damage because he got hit by a car and stabbed by a birthday stab man. Oh yeah, who... that's that. That's a hilarious. <laughs> that's. That's another moment that is very important to talk about in terms of the world as well as afraid. Because the cop, that was the funniest shit I've ever seen. Uh, yeah, like, he comes really, up, really you know, like really that's good. so absurd <laughs> and uh, ridiculous that you just are like, okay, this is not the real world. This is, <laughs> I'm freezing. You know. I'm freezing. Yeah, Don't, yeah, make, I'm me freezing, I'm freezing, Don't make, make me do this. Don't make me do this. He's shaking and shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so, but in that moment, you're like, okay, this is not the real world. This is completely you know whatever in his head or through his eyes you know yeah it's almost like a a, like a fucking oh my god what are their names it's it's another comedy absurdist comedy do it tim and eric it's like a tim and eric oh sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah, totally yeah yeah um um but yeah, totally, but I, yeah. I, I feel I feel <laughs> I, I really like all like the the weird emotions going on with like the husband and wife where like the husband seems to be kind of controlling the wife in this weird unexplained way. Yeah. And the wife sort of probably has some kind of like like maybe like her own problems because she's no. taking pills. It's uh, hilarious. Like, and the, it's and the so sister. Perfect. It's so perfect. And the sister's probably like mad at her parents because they love they loved their son and <laughs> yeah. doesn't care about her right. anymore. Um, right. uh, and then it also just adds this whole other lens by the, with the ending for me when it's realized like right. oh, they were probably hired to do this exactly. for Bo. Like well, this that's was... why she tells him you know like take the title seventy eight. You know, yeah. I don't know why she would do that. Maybe to, you know, it's just part of the plan to, like, you know, what we were talking about earlier, like, to show him that, like, there's no way out of this, you know, or, or to show him his fate. Yeah. You know? And it's also it's also interesting because, um, because she, that was that was, um, her being nice to Bo felt like a genuine, yeah. nice feeling yeah. rather yeah. than like a fake thing like she was obviously not in her right mind right but she seemed to have a, a degree of, of tenderness towards him that Bo did not have anywhere else in his life <laughs> so it's kind of uh heartbreaking right. when she's the one who kicks him out you know right. and then yeah. sends Jeeves Jeeves tear him Jeeves! apart yeah yeah I mean, so, yeah it's amazing he runs into the forest and this is where we get the forest <laughs> sequence which yeah. is like a theater group for orphaned kids i believe that one yes is. yeah okay. yeah which and uh all which, nice people which, that 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 moment i would i still I, I love this moment but definitely like the the walking through the forest and kind of entering the theater company was definitely some material that i was not as interested in as the rest of the movie but it was a bit of like a a quiet, like nature walk moment for it. Right. Uh, well, that's that's a weird. That's a thing that, that what I talked about earlier is like the ebb and flow of this movie. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's at sure. a high point. A guy is chasing him, and, <laughs> like down with you know a deranged man is coming to kill him, and then we, the movie just like turns into this like almost super surreal like um, stage. Play. You know, this is where we get the animated sequence. Yeah. 
And the last question is like, is that also from his mother's control? Yeah, the stage play, The Orphans. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It kind of feels like... Um... Because we do have that moment with the old man, you know, like right before he leaves. <laughs> yeah. Which is right. hilarious. Are you like dad? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It does. It, it's kind of hard to say like what, um, because, because this film isn't logical, it's hard to logically deduce <laughs> yeah. what's going on. But I think you could say the interpretation goes either way. I kind of feel like that that might be a moment where he genuinely escapes from his mother's reality for sure. a second, escapes yeah. out of the control. Well, he definitely does because of the dream sequence. And mm-hmm. purposely, he goes and the, well, he's watching the stage play, and it's like a perfect representation of like what his life is, right? They're like putting on the show, and he's like relating super hard to it. And then we get this like whole. I think it's 25 minutes. It's like a 20 to 25 Are you serious? Minutes. Wow, yes. I would not say that. Yeah. It did not really feel that no, long to it me. is amazing. It is like, it, I think wow. that's probably going to be people's favorite part of this movie. Um, just because of how spectacular and visually and interesting it is, you know? Um, and, and it's cool that it's the Wolf House people, because we, yes, did, we yeah. did talk about it, and... There are um, these amazing Chilean uh, animators that made this really fucking kind of mind-bending, cool movie called The Wolf House. That if you like that, you should totally see If you're into animation, I mean, that movie is, like, really, really interesting to watch. Yeah, I, I, love, I love their... Um, and with this, too, it's like the, the practical feel of it, how it's sort of um, unpolished and rough yeah. around the edges. It's so cool. It's, um, well, it combines, like... Something that he did with Hereditary, and also um, Midsommar, where he's like, almost like these diorama kind of things. Remember the opening shot of Hereditary, how amazing that was, when it was like, oh, the yeah. dollhouse stuff. Oh, yeah, and yeah, for sure. kind of combining that with Chilean animators, because it's like amazing, like 2D, like, almost like um, paper mache stuff going on. It's, it is unlike anything I've ever seen. Like, it's and very, it's, very cool blending and stuff. It also reminds me of like you know kind of the feeling of those old like really old movies with early special effects like um, Wizard of Oz or like that thing where yes, the, the right. dudes dancing with the fucking penguins or Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. The with... dude, did you just say the movie where the dudes dance with the penguins? Yeah, <laughs> you mean Mary Poppins. Is that is that where where it's from? I didn't yeah. know. <laughs> I didn't know. I've just seen that clip like a billion times. You ever so. seen Gary before? I probably have. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, this which that that also adds to like the the whimsical nature of it. Uh, which yes, is bizarre yeah, that yeah. it feels whimsical because it's so kind of surreal. And I'm creepy sure that that's too. what he was you know wanting to feel like that yeah. it's like you know he's going into like Oz right or yeah. like this dream life world and what you learn is like he's basically in this dream sequence very interesting he's uh you know it's like this um it's almost like it's set like in like the 20s or something or in the 20s like like you know very old you know yeah. and he has a family a loving family and a flood happens and he gets separated from his family and he is searching for his family his whole life, like through all these different all years and years and years and years. 
and then at the end, a 90-year-old, you know, looking like in Phoenix stumbles upon the actual stage play happening, and he's like, my kids! And then he's like, where's my dog, you know? And that's what the, the joke at the end, that's the when you learn that he's joke. never come. <laughs> he's never came in his life. Yeah. Which, that was a moment where I, in the theater, was like, this movie is like unhinged and wild. Yeah. Because we just watched a 20 minute animated sequence to end in kind of a bit that basically reveals to the audience that players <laughs> never come. Yeah. Because he, it's funny because he's pulled out of this dream because he realizes, like, oh, that could never happen because I've never have had sex with a woman. Yeah. You know, I've yeah. never uh, come before. I love it. Hilarious. But that was the moment where I could tell the audience is like, Really? Yeah. Just turned completely off of it, you know? Yeah, but I, I, what I love about that, too, is that he really worked for that joke because it was it was set up, you know, already. For with 20 like, minutes, yeah. yeah. Well, not just that, but oh, also yeah, the in, like, the thing, previous yeah. scene, right. in the previous scene where she's, because we hear the lore about his dad, too, right? <laughs> where the mom is basically shaming him, is basically yes. telling him, you can't, don't come inside a woman because your dad finished inside me and then he died. So don't do that because it's genetic you stupid little bitch <laughs> which is so funny but you're like you're always wondering like did he did he actually do that i What's just can't believe on? that like that's it this loop. like i just it's such <laughs> a funny thing and like not everybody's cup of tea yeah i know like i guess it's, it's mine so though overt. i love it <laughs> me too it's hilarious the fact that like this guy's never come and that's like part of his like like his anxiety, right? Like he's never fucking, you know. I could imagine being, could you imagine being forty years old and never think about that for a second. You're forty years old and you never have come in your life. Yeah, yeah. You're probably a weird guy. You're probably a very different person. Well, you got all the all the urges, all the things that you're bottling up for yeah. forty years. We might be uh, just describing uh, Catholic culture, just in general. <laughs> we might, we might have come, we might have deduced why the Crusades what happened. Now we're like get married and you can come all you want. Yeah, uh, at least they come. Yeah. <laughs> but Bo was never gonna come. Yeah. Also, uh, also, how do you feel? We'll come uh, back later in the, in the crazy scene. <laughs> I, I'll see you all here. How, how do you feel about um, Bo being the guy who starts the theater troupe, like up in the tree too? Oh. You remember that? Like he's the, I'm pretty sure that that old man is just old Bo up in the tree. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. Isn't that I weird? I don't know how to make of that. I kind of like it. I, it. It's weird, but uh, yeah. I, I dig it. And it's one of those things, too, where it's just like, well, maybe, maybe that's where he ended up, you know? Just as an orphan, you know, orphan guy who ended like, up starting yeah. a theater company. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I, that's something that I think will like. I'll understand more the more I watch it. Pretty know, weird. Like why that? Why that choice was made? You yeah, know? but pretty. I, I, I thought that was pretty weird. Yeah. Um. Because uh, what did that happen right when he got out of the of the of the dream scene, Right. Yeah. Dream so we people? have we had a shot of the old man. Um. When the the girl who brought him there introduces him to it, and she's like, well, and it, it the was the guy in the attic. The guy is it the guy in the attic? Well, because uh, that's Bo in the attic, right? A oh, you mean? Bo 
That's a dog, right? Yeah, or like his brother or doppelganger. Or <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Or twin. Yeah, right, his brother. Yeah. yeah. That's how I interpreted it, his brother, but it, it, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I Never think... explained. Never explained. Yeah, that was another yeah. weird thing about the about the ending where it's... I mean, you know, the you have addict, this... Yeah. yeah, because it's like, okay, so um, <laughs> we have that guy who's an old beau who is starting right. this theater troupe. Is that Bo in the future, or is that another right. version of Bo, yeah, right. like a doppelganger of Bo? And then Very the same thing in the attic's like, okay, is he a twin too? Because cause also, like, it could be yeah. that the, that Bo's dad, who, well, which is a penis monster, might just yeah. be this mythical being that spawns children that looks like Bo. Well, we haven't even mentioned the <laughs> recurring nightmare that he keeps having. Right, which is really interesting. I really like that nightmare, too. When we see another kid. Right. Right? And the nightmare, and she's sending this guy, you know, up into the attic. So you're kind of like, is that like a brother? Or is that like, you know, like, you don't really know what that necessarily is. You yeah. Know? I feel like I feel like it by when, in the scene where Bo gets sent up and finally sees his dad, the penis monster... And he sees his uh, the other bow in there with their their dad. Um, yeah. I feel like because the mom says like it, it it wasn't a dream, you idiot. This is it was a memory. You know, you were remembering. Oh yeah, that. she loved that. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. Which to me made it seem like because Bo was thinking that he was seeing a version of himself that was braver, the more idealized version of himself. Right, right. right. Um, but then at that, it's like, oh no, that was actually another bow. You know, a better right. bow who got sent up. But you know, this right. movie's weird, so maybe that was like a projected emotion that got shut away in the attic. A part I think of the actual way to look at it too, because like it, Is that you know, there's a giant penis locker in this movie. Right. You know, so you kinda have to look at it as like maybe not as, you know, literal or, you know. But I I love that too because I think it's yeah. just it makes sense to me that that's literally his brother or twin who's up there. But or it could just be his confidence, you know, his internal confidence, exactly. the person exactly. that would. That's allow how I kind of like to interpret it. I think. Yeah, which you I know? think that that's just and as that fucking strong. That kind of connects strong. to the penis, right? Where it's like this, uh, you know, it connects to the. To the, the urge to, to come, you know, like right, his like libido, man, his sexual yeah, desires, manifesting uh, into a giant monstrous know, dick, dick you know. <laughs> yeah, fucking insane. Um, but which I which I think the, the the themes and the subtext of that is why that crazy monster works so well in the movie. Right. Like it's a crazy out of nowhere yes, swing. I need to see it again. There's like a immediate reaction was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, it was like, no, <laughs> like, it wasn't like, in retrospect, I was like, okay, that's what that means. <laughs> but, right. In the moment, I was like, I know no idea. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? Well, and even. I love that he, the penis washer kills the. Um, <laughs> Jeez, who yeah, burst in through the window. Yeah. Um, what I like about the penis monster dad, too. Um, from a from an audience and excitement perspective is that I also didn't necessarily feel like I was like, oh, I can decode it and like the representation yeah, right, of what right. it means is clear yeah. to me. But what I like a lot about that is that they set up like this the dad the mystery of the dad's character right, right. and I would never have been satisfied if it with if they just chose a dude who was up there yeah, right? Right, like right. that was the only way I or that was such a, such a perfect way for me to be satisfied by like, of yeah. course, 
that's what's up there that's causing all this problems it's like that totally so that was that it was satisfying to me in that extent where it was just like okay i am not this mystery did not disappoint for me that was very exciting to me (laughs) sure yeah so unexpected so the last sequence that we need to talk about is when he returns home and uh when he returns home there's a lot of gags in that too like the, the fucking funeral company is named hilarious well first of all the town is named washington which is uh-huh. their last name yeah um and we also know that's like his mom is like like in this world seems like it's like she's like an amazon you she's know? like a like trillionaire yeah. yeah right um and these blow and her ads for all these things you know and you know that scene I love. Like this is like again that ebb and flow emotionally that this movie. So I would just say expertly does because when he returns home, there is this like melancholy, and there is this almost like relief, like him going through her house, like as almost like a museum, yeah, and, like almost like you know accepting, you know. What is happening long and seeing <laughs> hilarious image of the of the of the body without a head. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Open casket without a head. Fucking hilarious. Um but I don't know, that just really worked for me. It was like very, really very, very too. cool. And then that's capped off with a leg showing up. And this moment between them is incredibly sweet. Like the movie becomes like really sweet and Joaquin Phoenix and Parker Posey in that scene where he gets the confidence to go talk to her outside and he's like it's me whoa you know it's very like funny and kind of corny in that way but it it is so sincere and sweet the way that Joaquin and Parker play that was very like just like I was like I was really feeling it I was like holy shit like this is Wow, at least he's gonna end like okay. Yeah, which is a crazy thing to think about because it's Bo's afraid. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and like I think that that's a testament to how well directed this movie is because he's manipulating you and able to change these code shifts so well, and because this movie is so wild and chaotic, totally, you kind of go with it. Right? Like, it's, like, kind of, like, yeah, like, this is what would happen if yeah. there's a friend. You know? Like, you're not led to believe, like, oh, why is this weird? Like, there's no... I never once, for a second, thought that it was going to get worse. Yeah. At that, that moment, I literally thought, like, this is, I think this is the end. Yeah. Like, thank God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then one of the craziest scenes I've ever seen happens. Yeah. And the... one of the, like... Uh, I mean, talk about, like, brave actress Parker Posey is. Um, wow. Uh, so, the, she's like, let's fuck. Mm-hmm. So, she gets, so, she gets upstairs, and they have a sex scene that is one of the funniest and disturbing sex scenes I've ever seen put on film, right? Where... It's a condom. <laughs> she says those are so hard. Yeah. <laughs> and what, she's playing this Mariah Carey song, 
which is incredible. Um, always be my baby, <laughs> which is a perfect fucking song. Holy hell. You think about, like, the context of the movie, you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. how just, like, just perfect that song choice was, how hilarious it is, but also, like, thematically rich it is, too. And so, <laughs> they're fucking, and she restarts the song at, that, at one point, which was fucking hilarious. And she comes so hard. <laughs> and, like, there's this euphoria that washes over Mo, right? And just the whole time she's riding him, he's, like, terrified. Yeah, like, I loved, I loved no, that decision. No, no. <laughs> and, he comes and there's this like just this, again amazing directing where it just lingers on both it's just this euphoria and like she says something like you came so hard it like bursting through the con <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny and like he's so elated and he looks up and she's dead yeah and yeah. just which <laughs> is just so scary, like so shocking when I saw that in the theater. Like it was just like a shock to the system, you know? And when that's revealed, Patty LePone his mom walks out, you know? That whole sequence in the bedroom is just masterful. It's just a masterful uh, just display of just like fucking with you, you know? Ari Asher's just fucking with you. You have no idea what is about to happen or what is going to happen in this movie. You know? Yeah. I, and, I like it's so satisfying. Like, I really I really liked uh how how you know Bo uh was like trying to prevent his death and when he's laying there yes. he's like, I really thought I was going Could to die. die. Oh my god. Oh yeah. my god. Um yeah. and I really I also really <laughs> I was really struck by how they chose to make her go instantly rigor mortis, like super, super stiff and, and, and just be like permanently, you know, like almost like as like this divine punishment to die in this sexual act, right, you know, right, right. uh, in disgrace. Well, like I that. kind of also saw it too, like his cub was like poison. You know, in a right. weird way. Well, where, that was like, that was the cool switch too, because right, like, exactly, yeah. because like you're you're set up to believe um, where yeah, he's gonna die. That that Mona is is just been lying to him because that's such a crazy thing right, to believe right. that. And but it makes sense in this strange world that maybe something like that could be real. So then when it doesn't happen, he doesn't die. You're right. like, well, yes, of course it wouldn't happen. But then it kills her. It's like, right. well, yes, of course yeah. that would happen. It's <laughs> so just... incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so... it's just like, oh. Yeah. And then the whole confrontation between, confrontation between Mona and Bo happens, which is just so, like, Patty LePone is incredible. She was so great. She I was mean, really just, good. She's in this movie for 30 minutes and just leaves such an, an impression, you know, her performances, and that was a tough thing to do, you know, like, she had to play this over very long, but she comes in at the end and has to be this, you know, really intimidating figure and really, you know, uh, 
you have to like really believe in her, you know, and like yeah. she just fucking kills it. Because oh, they God. they set they set her up in a way as this um, God, almost, yeah, right? this mythic like, figure, yeah. yeah right. That and so you almost know the shape of what she's supposed to be, um, right. and it's awesome that they they nailed it. It was just like, oh, that was exactly that that fits exactly the like what would cause all of this I if know. it was a person like this yeah. was his mom. Also, the reveal when the therapist walks out mm-hmm. and they play the recordings of all the, yeah. the therapy sessions. Holy shit. Yeah. They're like, this, like, you're like, this couldn't get worse, but it does. <laughs> like, just, oh my God. I feel like uh, now that I think about it, I actually, this is not really a criticism. This is just a nitpick in something that, like, I'm paying more attention to because this movie's so weird and the details yeah, right, could have yeah, meaning yeah, to right. it. But the fact I'm not sure if oh, I like the, the details choice. of this movie are insane. Like they're so good. I like the I really like the decision that the mom has access to the therapy notes, but I'm right. not sure if I like that the therapist shows up. I feel like I didn't sure, really yeah. like I'm not sure if it was really necessary for, kind me, of for felt him like, to uh, be there. It kind of felt like um Because it's weird because I think what's weird about it is, like, none of the other characters show up. Right. You know? Like, maybe if, like, Nathan Lane and, and Amy Smart were in the, the Coliseum, you know? Right. Like, you see all of them, like, maybe that would work a little bit more. But it's a little strange that just... And it also, it's, like, it's also very, like... Bum, 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 yeah, yeah. Out, I know? think, yeah, like, I think that's, I think that's what I've it comes been down lying to. to you this whole time. Yeah. Like, okay. Uh, that yeah. that felt like I got that, really. that, I think, I think, I think that, that I think that nails it. Where it's just like, well, that was just a little bit under, unnecessarily dramatic for that to happen, and yeah, I think I right. would have got the effect. Um, but you know, it's not like it. It doesn't really take away from the yeah. scene to me because the scene well, also, still fucking he's smacks. So fucking hilarious. That actor is. Hilarious. He's a scene. great actor. Like, yeah. when they, when they just linger on him, and it's just like, smiling. Yeah. God, so funny. And I do, um, I do like that when he's choking her, his mom, he's just like in the background, and he, we never see him again. They never right. cut back to him, but you just know that he's just in the room watching his employer yeah. get choked to death. That moment is amazing where, where yeah, when she's like, I'm going to show you what's in the attic. Go, go. And yeah, we get the, whatever it is, an old bow, a, a brother, whatever the fuck it is. I want to say it's his confidence. It's like somebody that's a, you know, a bow, the version of, I like to think that it's the version of him that broke through, you know, like this trauma or whatever. Like, it's like, it's a, because it actually looks a lot like the bow, the old bow that you see in the in the dream sequence, right? Like that he imagines himself to do. Yeah. So I like to think that. that I do. I do just that, really. It really kind of cracks me up and 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 stimulates me just to think about like this dude who was up there and never tried to get out of the attic. You know, just hanging out with his penis monster dad and his mom would just go up there and feed him every once in a while. Just this whole brother who just like for 40 years has just been up there, you know? I guess what's struggling with me is like, if it's his brother, like I don't really get the thematic. Why would, just because like Bo is just like 
she's just like you're the right one and this one's like neglectful or something like well like, well that bow that bow got punished right she sure, he stood yeah, right. up he stood up to the mom oh yeah right so right, the right, mom right, right. the mom punished him because right. he he had he he had too much autonomy and confidence in right. himself um and so right. the bow that we see there is the bow the survivalist bow who repressed all that and did not fight back you know <clears throat> right and is just surviving sure. um right. So again, you're looking at it either way. It could be that. But both readings, that's and that's that's why I like a movie like this so much. Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, oh, I can watch that in two ways, and it's like a completely different movie. Exactly. Um, And it's just about like, well, both work. Which one do you prefer? Right. Which which one do you? Yeah. What do you? What do you? Yeah. Project onto it, right? Or yeah, right. Exactly. And a lot of this movie works in that way, where. you, it's it's very much uh, in the eye of the beholder, right? Where it's like you, you know, whatever you take out of this movie, yeah, I did see this interview with Ari, I think Parker Posey actually, where she talked about how, you know, movies don't do this anymore, where they let you, um, it's like almost a sandbox of some, of some kind. Yeah. Where, but, yeah. It's, it's really hard to pull off, you know, to pull off a movie that, is can work on many levels, you know, and for a, it's interesting because for a movie to work like that, a movie has to be so meticulously crafted and like executed like what it's trying to do for that to kind of work. Yeah, that's right? honestly, I really like that comparison because I think that's why I like the feeling of Bo is Afraid so much. It really does have right. that sandbox feeling where even though well, it's very Lynchian in that way too, right? Yeah. It's very like Lynch is very like look at those. You know, movies like Mulholland Drive and, and Lost Highway, especially. You know, like, you don't get specific, like, there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah, you know? but it's funny because I never thought about that because now I'm thinking about it like when playing Breath of the Wild. Like, what's so exciting about Breath of the Wild is that you have the opportunity to explore this awesome world in whatever way you want to. And right. that's kind of what I like about Bo's Afraid, you know? Totally, yeah. It's just right. like I'm seeing all this stuff. That's all really cool to me, and I can explore it however I want to. That's that's right, a exactly, really yeah. that's a really cool satisfying. And there's thing. enough there where you could actually make. That's the thing. It's like you have to construct something that is like really uh, rich. You know, you have to make something that's rich first in order yeah. for somebody to you know to read it. Like, there are so many details and easter eggs the easter eggs are bad word but things in the background and like, yeah, like i said I like mean, the yeah. food has the mw the the uh the microwave like a lot of these things are made by his long his long company so you can look at all these things all the the storefronts in that first chapter you know have hilarious you know everything has something to look into you know yeah and some kind of meaning to it yeah, I, don't, I, I really like that. I think that that's really it. Really, it just it activates my my imagination, and that always is like uh, just so f- really absolutely fun. just so that's fun. What's fun about these types of movies, and like why I think this is such a polarizing film because it really wants you to do that. You know, yeah. and most movies, you know, there's I think there's two different types. There's many different types of films, obviously, but there's ones that are plot driven. Well, there are ones that are just like, like Double Gunnery that we just talked about last yeah, week. Yeah, for it's sure. It's truly plot driven. Like, there's no interpreting. You know, there's very little luck that you can, like, interpret 
you know, like what the story is. Very like yeah, way like out like what's happening. You can't right. interpret it. What's happening? There's a pretty right. explicit what's happening yeah. going there's on. There's things that usually we pull from it that are you know whatever. Like what does this but, mean? You can interpret that in a lot of ways. But there's but, no question of what happens at the end. Of Google, Google, like right? they used there's to no, kill a guy and right. then they get caught. <laughs> exactly right. Or a Nola or a Nola movie where or Inception where it's like very like fucking plot for a little very like sure has an ambiguous which ending, honestly but... yeah that's a good comparison because that is something that's not realistic it's not of our world so it's fantasy context yeah. but it's using the realistic approach of exactly. like of right. like if this actually happened yeah. how would this work you know it's a different way to tell a story you know like kafka-esque is used in the description of this film right which is insanity that like on the like when someone's like, Bo's afraid, like, Google's it, like, what is this about? It literally says Kafka-esque journey in the plot synopsis, which right. is like, I've never seen something like that. And it's like, you know, which is very good that they did that, so it allows people to know what they're, what they're getting into. And, but, for, and for some people, regardless, I, I think that for me, there's like a range of Kafka-esque movies that range from being like sort of feeling like self-indulgent to pretentious totally, yeah, right, to right. being like totally sandbox free type of thing. Right. But for some people, like all of them just feel self-indulgent, pretentious, 1,000%. I mean like 100%. Dude. Yeah. Like people want to, a lot of people, like sometimes like I, I love things like this. Like, I love, like, things that are, like, open-ended like this. Or, like, very, like, you know, you could... Yeah, when they um, get it when they get it right, when they wa- totally. when they figure out even, how that tone... Even ones that don't, you're, you're kind of like... I'm just, like, I love watching things that are just, like, swings and, like, attempts to, like, make yeah, something that is, like, true. very, yeah. like... Just uh, the novelty. The novelty you know? of it can be really exciting. Yeah, the exciting. novelty of it. And, like, that's what I said at the beginning of this podcast, where it's like, go see this. It's a novelty. There's a novelty to this. It is so bizarre and crazy that yeah. you might really not jive with it, but you gotta see it. And I, what I, what I would <laughs> say, I think, I guess, because because you're right, just seeing a movie like this is a novelty that's worth pursuing. Totally. But the, I like this so much that my argument with this is that this is like one of the best executions. No, no, no. I, of I a, think a, that this is an incredible, incredible, incredible film. Because like he just did it so well. Right. He did it so right. well. But it's such a, but I, I think you'll agree with me, it is such a specific tone and such a weird tone that it will, I mean, purposely, I mean, there's part of this that makes me think that he's purposely alienating people, you know, yeah. like, and, you know, that is really exciting to me I, in this world that people are just want to please everybody, right? Yeah, you which know? which to, to reframe, because I agree with what you said, but to reframe the point that you're making uh, a little bit is, is I think rather than him choosing to alienate people, which is what people are mad about, yeah. it's like you're choosing right. to not make something for me. I think yeah. he's choosing to make this for someone else. He's choosing yeah, to make exactly. this right, for right, the people right, he right. wants to. And he's just like saying, yeah, right. I know that other people, that this right. will alienate. Yeah. It's not yeah. my goal to alienate people. My yeah. goal is to make this for the people who want something like and this. And that's why it's funny that A24 is pushing this movie. Like it's the new yeah, horror movie <laughs> by Ari Aster. Right. You know, you like Midsommar? Come check out Bo's Afraid. Yeah. You know, and that's what's funny to me. And like, but that's not 
there or there. This is how to do anything with a bleeder. Right, because yeah. because it's it's because I think that there's definitely a bleed over where people 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 like you and me who are just into kooky movies like that and horror movies are really excited yeah. by Hereditary because it kind of has that feeling of both, and Midsummer too yeah, has right. that feeling of both, and then something like this feels like a really authentic step for the kooky Ari Aster director to make, right. but the the wacky guy. But for people who are just into it for the horror film, they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I wouldn't even call this a horror movie. Like, yeah. I would say that this is like... Well, right, that's why they're frustrated, because they, they, yeah, it's right, like they're into right. it for the horror, and then this shows up, and it's not it's not that, you know? It's like, yeah, and it's funny to hear Ari talk about, especially... He calls her a carry horror movie, but like... And it is. Like, you know, that movie deals with, you know, there's horror shit in that movie, you know? Um... But Midsommar is another kind of conversation where, like, you know, he doesn't call it a horror movie. Like, and, like, you know, that's what's so, that's what makes him such an interesting filmmaker. Is like, he's not, he's operating in, this is the first movie for me where he's op- not operating specifically in a genre. Yeah. You know, where, like, Hereditary is, like, you know, you know, horror movie. Very much like a family cult horror movie, right? Yeah. And then Midsommar was a, you know, had elements of the Wicker Man, cult horror movies. Like, For sure. You know, whole folk, folk horror, which is a you know, whole subgenre of horror movies. This? What the fuck? This is just, he's almost like creating a new tone. Like he's yeah. creating like a new thing that is like, yeah, sure, Cockman-esque, Lynchian, you know, uh, you know, very like, uh, abstract in that way but he does create something that is truly unique to him which is like what made this so exciting and like i can't wait for the future of his career yeah and when you when you now that you mentioned that it makes me realize something because that was kind of a weird thing about midsummer some are when it came out where um people it, it didn't Everyone assumed it to be a horror movie, and I, I definitely like did too. I definitely yeah. put that put that label on it, basically because I assumed him to be a horror director. Right. That but was also, the identity. The marketing, because... the marketing of it, but also the marketing had to do with it. They're also marketing. It's not like it's not a horror movie. I'm not saying that it's not a horror movie. It's definitely like horrific. Like there's definitely some horror. So the setup is total horror. But but know? but but like, I think your your point that I think is really interesting that kind of makes me kind of makes me see it in a, a clearer way is that with now with this in the context it makes you realize it's like oh Midsummer Summer was kind of a step in a different direction yeah, right. towards this in a way that sure, we yeah, I right. did not see it coming like exactly that. right right and it also it's also cool to now see this. Uh, Get ready for another vocab word, ovoir. Now that Bo has mm-hmm. entered into yeah. Ari Aster's ovoir, then yeah. it, it kind of all this evolved, right? It, it kind and, of recontextualized yeah. Hereditary for me too, because it kind of sure. unbinds that a little bit from its just right. horror, yeah. like bread Absolutely. and butter horror genre in itself. Exactly. Which right. you know is why it was so innovative, because it, right. it it is a horror genre. I think you you can't argue that. But yeah. it also does it breaks out of the conventions of yeah. Any I mean, hereditary, is an interesting one because like that is something that is legit of that movie that it was like, but it but what it really was to me is like there are these films by like you know in the eighties and seventies like Don't Look Now and like Rosemary's Baby that are very much like horror films but dealt with like Absolutely. you know like so it's almost like but when Hereditary came out horror was not like that at all. 
you know? Yeah. Horror was in a very weird... It just brought it back to almost like... For the modern context, yes. Right, exactly. What we call it now is elevated horror, and Hereditary is the elevated horror film. Right. You know, if we... When that genre is written about, you know, Hereditary is the one. It's the one that's like... This is like the one that started this trend. You know, you can argue that, or like Baba Duke, you know, or The Witch. I feel like, you know, like yeah, I feel like The Witch and The Baba Duke kind of opened the door, and then Hereditary was like, bam, solidified. This is like, I think it's the peak of it. Yeah. You know, the peak of this, of that, of that uh, trend, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but it, it's cool. It, it is really cool now that, um, that it, it really does seem like Bo is kind of out of left field for Ari Aster, but now it does seem kind of like, you know, he's kind of been kind of maybe pushing to try to do something kind of weird and and out right. there like this even in even in his other movies yeah. that he's made well it's so interesting because you know he's talking about um, David Giselle and uh, Gordon Peele like these guys are kind of talking about how like Ari Asher said that like he felt like this was the time to try to make this movie yeah this is to his other, to Goddard saying like what he's said is like this is the weirdest film that he had like you know that he had a script for and he was like I kind of want to make this movie like it's yeah. so bizarre and yeah. weird um, but he had enough clout right and enough like uh, you know that he was like I want to try to get this made you know because like you know it's the perfect storm of it because like say he had another movie that was a horror movie and then he didn't do as well yeah. yeah, yeah. He might not sure. be able to get the thing because he has the clout. He's like, I'm gonna go for it. And Davis is always like that too, you know. And he went for it with Babylon, and it proved to be a colossal fucking failure for Paramount, but um, a yeah. really interesting film. And I think that will be picked up as the core, and it's already kind of garnered like a cult following too. Um, but you know, that's what it's so admirable about these guys that are willing to take a risk, a big risk, you know, and, and make something that they they know deep down is going to alienate even their own audience, you yeah. know, um, and that is just like a filmmaker that I'm willing to follow into the fucking fire. And it's interesting, you know? like, it's interesting too with the comparison of Babylon because that, that, that is a pretty, it, when you call that a failure, it kind of makes sense, even though both of us would not consider that movie a failure because no, no, we no, like no. the movie, but from yeah. the financial goal, yeah, it's a failure. Um, yes. But A24 is an interesting case because of their interest in, um, I guess, the artistic perspective of just making right. good art, just making good, cool right. movies. It'll be interesting to see how this goes along where it's just like, yeah, it kind of makes sense that this won't be much of a financial return. No, but no, no, no. it's hard Not to believe that that was really their goal in the first place, you well, know, to make so, buku yeah, bucks off of it. That's what's so amazing about, I mean, yeah. I'm sure that they'd be happy if it made buku bucks. Right. But, um, For sure. The thing that's crazy about them is like, they are, you know, this is the most expensive movie that they've ever been a part of. Yeah. Which is, you know, just really awesome. And, like, comparing that to Everything Everywhere, which this movie makes Everything Everywhere look like, you know, child's play, you know? The shit that's going on in this movie is so bold and wacky and fucking out there that, you know, and that, like, it's uh, it's just so crazy that they really are, like, 
they, they back up what they say they are. Art, art is friendly. Yeah. Artists, filmmakers friendly. And it's just great that they're continuing to do that. And it's just like, damn. Like, as big as they're getting, you would think that they're going to, you know, like, I don't know. I, like, not take as many risks. But whoever's in charge over there just really cares about, like, putting these, trying to do these crazy things, allowing people like Ari Aster to fucking go for it, you know? Yeah. Like, if he did well with, like, some other studio, it might be compromised in some way, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. um, it's amazing. Love it or hate it, that is, that is so inspiring, right? That, like, things like this are out there. Yeah, like, yeah. it's just crazy. I think that that's a perfect way to wrap this up, just on that okay. thing, where it makes it uh, just really um, excited about the future and that oh stuff God. like this can come out. Um, and it'll be really curious to see what time will do with Bo. Um, yeah, totally. I love it. I, you I, love I, mean, it? I think it's going to, I, I think that this is, I think there's enough people that are loving this, and I think that it's going to turn into like a cult classic movie. Um, I think Ari Aster's gonna go down as one of the best filmmakers in the 2010s and 2020s yeah. you know so and I, I um, uh, you can already tell from like the vibe of this where like um, even though even if it doesn't get the financial return I think he's gonna be buzzing and be really ready to make a new uh, spanking absolutely. next one and it's not like we are talking about it's not like this is like an expe- a super big it's not a hundred million dollar movie or anything just for A24 but, it's true yeah, yeah. Just, it's just such epic in nature and three hours long yeah that it just feels so much bigger than it is which on, on just it is, which is really, also very impressive it is impressive yeah. that it feels as yeah. epic for as right. small of a budget because 30 million is right. honestly as you bring as you mentioned super it, hard it's actually really yeah. a small budget for a movie of this well, size well that's what's hard like that's what's so amazing that they pulled what they did off with that, you know, uh, budget, you know? Yeah. There is another thing that, like, proves that he's just, like, on a different level than, than you know, a lot of people. He you knows know? what the fuck he's doing for so, sure. So, I want to ask you one last question. All right, it what went is viral. It? it went viral, and I just thought it was a funny question. Well, not funny, but it was interesting. So, this is the third film by Ari Aster. Yeah. And Jordan Peele has three movies, and Robert <laughs> Eggers has three movies. Oh, yeah. Weird. So I would consider that those are three, those are the best three working in horror, working in, you know, uh, out today. Yeah, I agree. And so the uh, tweet that went viral on TikTok, and people talking about it, we discussing who's the better Fuck. filmmaker out of those three. I know. And I was like, that's fucking hard. Wow, that's a hard question. Who's the because best filmmaker? Because what's funny is, like, I think Us is the worst movie out of all of those yeah. movies. You know, like, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, I you mean, know? it's still, still good. kind of fucking epic, really. But Jordan Peele, I don't know, like, Get Out and Nope are so colossal, like, awesome achievements, you know, that it's like... It's it's an interesting question, you Okay, know? okay. So, as I'm, as I'm thinking about this, I think that... Robert Robert Eggers is like autistic good. He's like the yeah. degree of like insanity that he has is is crazy. And he's kind of like good in a way that is isolated to him. So it's hard for me yeah, right. to compare him to the other two. 
Ari Aster is like showing to have like these innovative muscles on him to right. do shit that no one else can do. But right. he's a little bit more grounded on like I can like other humans can relate to you in yeah. a way that like you can't for Robert Eggers, like what he's sure, doing. Yeah. Right. And Jordan Peele is less like crazy in like his terms of filmmaking it's yeah. just that he's like the best blockbuster producer he's almost like i like i don't know <laughs> it, it's hard to talk about because i do actually lean towards jordan peele i mean just because the way what he accomplished with get out like not just in like terms of like making a fun horror movie on a, a budget of three million dollars but to make a fucking statement what yeah. he did with that fucking movie, like, and culturally, you know, this is a hard thing to discuss, because it's like, what do you, what do you value, right, because it's like, it's like, if we're talking, like, my favorite director out of those, it's probably Ari, um, cause, because I think, like, both, all three of those folks are, like, really fucking, like, he's one of those that, like, changed, like, fucking life. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, and, like, The Witch, like, I like The Witch. I honestly rewatched it. It's not as, like, mind-blowing as I, remember, like, thought it was when it first came out. So, The Witch didn't age as well to me. Personally, it's still great. Yeah. But it hasn't aged as well with me. The Lighthouse is, like, one of my favorite things that's come out in the last few years. Um, so, it's very hard, right? Like, yeah. Like, look at all those films. It's so hard. I, I feel like but, it's hard. When I, I would have to limit that down. I think my answer to that question would be Robert Eggers from the perspective yeah. of pure craft and capacity sure, yeah, of craft. Yeah, right, right. I think that he uh, just has a standard of quality. Like, I feel like for him, it's hard for me to think of like a shot or a concept that wasn't like beyond right, human right, in a way. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I just feel like the statistic and ratio is, is significantly higher than if i did that for ari or jordan yeah. peele stuff does that like make him objectively better like his like my objective well, yeah, that's favorite the question. it's really like what's your favorite because like yeah like it's hard to objectively like who's you know it's like they're all they're both <laughs> they're all making great different movies too like so it's <laughs> like like our our is going for a completely different tone of vibes than oh that's so Peele, hard for example you know I, it's so hard I think but, uh, it's so hard it's so hard I, it's a, yeah we'll leave you with that question scratch your head with that um but that being said I love all three of those guys and I can't wait for each one of those guys like that's like a block that's like a blockbuster to me you know what a new Eggers or RA or Jordan Peele movie that's like I know event. Yeah. I know, I know. Fuck Ant-Man and the fucking <laughs> Quantumania. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, like, just give me, give me one of those guys. And give, give me a new movie happy, of theirs. Yeah, um, yeah. All right, sweet, man. Little movie quest. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.